It's Wednesday the 24th of November 2021. Um, thank you for joining me. Welcome Pittsburgh Steeler fans to another episode of Pittsburgh, a voice from across the pond. I'm Owen, your podcast host here in the UK. Um, exiled Pittsburgh Steeler fan, exiled um, from everywhere really, and wannabe Yinza. Definitely would love to be a Yinza, as I see a lot of correlation between the Yinzas and where I come from in England, which is the northeast of England. Uh, as I mentioned in an earlier pod, very similar characteristics between the, the Yinza people from Yinza people from Pittsburgh and the Mackhams from Sunderland. Um, welcome to um, this podcast where I get to do my favourite thing in the whole wide world, which is talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I l- love talking about my Steelers, and the fact that I'm getting to do this now on a podcast is absolutely amazing. Um, obviously, I've been inspired to do this by the Behind the Steel Curtain crew, uh, Jeff Harmon, Brian Anthony Davis, um, Marky D, Matty P, Jeffrey Benedict, Michael Beck, Dave Schofield, um, Rich Schofield, Kyle Christ, Greg Benevent, Chris Pugh, so many more guys on there, too many to name, I probably would forget some, and apologies if I have forgotten anyone, and obviously as well for uh, the Lockdown podcast as well, Chris Carter, my Steelers bro, um, which I love, and especially the Friday episode with the amazingly wonderful Jenna Hanna, who is absolutely superb, and Tony Serino. Uh, who is my fellow brother on the James Pierre hype train? Choo choo! Right, so, so yesterday, what, what, where, where are we at, Steeler Nation? After that, um, that epic game on Sunday night against the LA Chargers at SoFi Stadium, where that we fell just short, despite the fight and the battle. You know, initially sitting there Sunday, well, early hours of Sunday morning here in the UK, and then into Monday, and then into Tuesday. It hurt, you know, as someone who cares so deeply about the Pittsburgh Steelers and how they how they get on and, and about their results. I just felt empty. I felt hollow after that. You know, when, whenever we lose, that's the way I feel. It, it really hits me. And, you know, it takes a bit of time to, to get over, to digest what's happened and to start looking forward to next Sunday's game against the Cincinnati Bengals and, you know, get into what's happening in, in terms of Steeler Nation. Um, I know, you know, as well, in America, you've got this big, 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 big festival coming up on Thursday with Thanksgiving. I'm hoping to cook a Thanksgiving dinner over here in the UK for my family to try and get them into these um, this American way of things, uh, given my love for the Pittsburgh Steelers and, of course, also for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, big Pittsburgh sports fan. So where are we up to, Steeler Nation? So yesterday, Coach Tomlin um, did his usual Tuesday press conference where he looked back upon the Chargers game and then looked forward towards the Bengals game and then took questions from the assembled media. Um, Coach Tomlin, um, as always, says a lot but gives out very little. But as I mentioned in the previous pod, this is very much how sports teams operate. You know, they keep a lot in-house. Um, you obviously don't want to give the opposition a heads up on what you're planning to do. And you don't, you know, you don't ever throw your own players or your own organization under the bus. Um, no matter what is said in-house, that stays in-house. It doesn't come out, you know, whatever Mike Tomlin's thoughts are about Coach Canada or about um, the way the Steelers defense played on Sunday um, his real proper thoughts about it you know they stay in house they come out I'm sure when he talks to the team and when he talks to Coach Canada or he talks to Coach Butler or whoever he is talking to at that time so where did we go with this press conference he you know he started off with saying what a big game um, Sunday was for us coming up um, 
he talked about it's AFC North ball and the moment you play any interdivisional games it becomes a big thing and you know coming into these last seven games of the season where four of these games are AFC North ball back in the kitchen back in the heat against uh, two against the Ratbirds one against the Clowns and one against the Bungles um, and you know we start against the Bungles on Sunday um, revenge time this is my words obviously not Coach Tomlin's and then Ratbirds the week after. Um, so as he said, it was a big game for us coming up and he had to look at how was the best way to divide up the labour, uh, to play to the strengths, to put the team in the best position to get a positive result on Sunday. Um, he said he was excited, we're looking forward to it, um, you know, really positive about um, about the game coming forward. There, before he went on, he reflected back um, about the game on Sunday. You know, as he said on Sunday, the result wasn't good enough. Um, he said we should have done something different with the labour we had. Um, you know, perhaps looking at the defence, you know, were the plans that we used right? And I think, you know, that mentioned that comment that he made that we should have done something different. That really shows that he, they, they've looked back, they've analysed the tape, and they're, and they're thinking that perhaps with the fact that we were missing three of our key players in Minka Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden, and of course the indomitable TJ Watt, that we needed to do something slightly different with those backup players because obviously they're not of the same talent level as those three NFL stars. Um, he, you know, he talked about not being good enough to keep the QB in the pocket, which was, which was, you know. Um, which they said normally the Pittsburgh Steelers four-man rush could do that. Normally TJ, Alex, Cam um, could, you know, along with, say, Loudermilk or Wormley, they, you know, this was something we could normally do is keep the quarterback, as Keith Butler calls it, cone but unfortunately, um, yes, on Sunday we couldn't do that. Herbert seemed to be able to run at will and run where he wanted at will. Um, so... Coach Tomlin talked about that. Um, he also mentioned um, Isaiah Loudermilk and what a good job he's done so far this season um, as a rookie coming into the team, which was uh, fantastic. Um, he's also mentioned about the fact that they kept seven in coverage. This was due to the fact, obviously, that we were lacking some key um, experience in the secondary. Um, obviously, when you take out veterans like Joe Hayden and Minka Fitzpatrick, who are probably, you know, two of the best um, secondary players in the NFL, and you turn to very young players um, out there like Cam Sutton, James Pierre, um, Trey Norwood, who was the star who played 100% of the snaps on Sunday. You know, of course, you're going to need to keep more people on coverage duties, um, and obviously that impacts hinged on our ability to rush the passer um, and get after Justin Herbert and you know, stop the run at the line. And that's something Coach Tomlin rec- recognised by saying they had to keep the seven in coverage, um, obviously given the threat of the of his, um, of his Justin Herbert's passing. Um, you know, he, he talked about it as an opportunity missed, a road opportunity missed. Um, you know, he talked about the, the fact that they obviously missed opportunity to improve their record two six three and one um he then turned to the cincinnati bengals um and one of the most interesting things he said obviously was that he he talked about the uh, cincinnati bengals defense he talked about the fact that they developed and shown real good cohesion because they'd stayed injury free throughout the season so far and the same sort of group of players had played together um 
throughout these these games that the Cincinnati Bengals have played. You know, perhaps also a bit of an alluding there, a hidden meaning behind that, saying that obviously the Steelers have suffered this season because obviously we've had a large number of injuries on defence. I mean, if you think back to the Bengals game, we were without Highsmith and Watt. Joe Burrow never had to play against TJ Watt or Alex Highsmith, our two leading rushers. And that was a big impact for me. Um, so obviously that, that quote perhaps was had two two meanings, you know, saying the, the Cincinnati Bengals defence, talking about that, but also that hidden meaning behind it, um, alluding to obviously the impact that um, injuries it had on the Pittsburgh Steelers' defence. Um, you know, he talked about the need that we need to cut out turnovers. That we, we, you know, we turned over the ball twice, and it, and it causes it causes. Last time we played the uh, Bengals, and it caused us to lose fourteen points. So he said one of the keys, obviously, was keeping hold of the ball on Sunday and not turning it over. He also praised former Steeler Mike Hilton. Talked about obviously knowing knowing Mike Hilton, knowing Mike Hilton's game, what he brings to the game, and the impact of his blitz. You know, as I mentioned on my pod about uh, my pod defensive deliberations, you know, Mike Hilton, the blitz safety blitz, uh, the cornerback blitz that he brings. Um, is obviously missing this year from the Steelers, and that's something the Bengals um, have benefited from this year. He also talked about the need not to underestimate Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had a great game on Sunday against uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. If you look at the way he played, you know, he was able to run at will. He showed great power in his running. Um, and I think the development of Jamar Chase as, as, as a receiver on the on the Bungles has really helped the running game because obviously the team are looking, team that play, teams that play the Bengals are looking at Chase, um, T. Higgins, um, and the tight end, Sama, is it? Um, and obviously their threat obviously helps to open up the game for Joe Mixon. Obviously your deep passing threat with Jamar Chase, the more you do that, the more it opens the running game, um, which is something the Steelers need to look at. So Joe Mixon, don't underestimate Joe Mixon. Obviously who were also, just out of a matter of a side point, won the Angry Run Scepter. For those of you who watch Good Morning Football, I uh, love Angry Runs with Kyle Brandt, really funny. Um... You know, he talked about the struggles, giving our struggles we need to address this going into the game to make sure, obviously, that we address the struggles with the running game um, and have a plan in place to stop Joe Mixon on Sunday. He also mentioned their receiver core and the threat that they bring as well and talked about Joe Burrow and what he brings to the game. Um, you know, at the end of the day, Joe Burrow, you know, is a good young quarterback. Um, I'm pretty impressed with what he's done so far, even though the fact that he does play for the Bungles, you have to show respect to what the talent that young man has got. Um, moving forward, obviously, it's going to be a different game, hopefully, if we get our players back and hopefully facing TJ and Alex Highsmith for the first time this season. Hopefully, Joe Burrow will eat dirt. Um, Coach Tomlin also talked about the injuries coming out of Sunday's game. He said that... Um, both Hassan Hauer and Ebron were quest will be evaluated this week at training, but were questionable. Um, Ebron, as it turns out, obviously um, looks like he's going to be out for some substantial length of time now. Um, looking like he needs knee surgery on the injury that he sustained on Sunday, um, which obviously will then cut our tight end options back down to Gentry and um, Pat as our two main options. And also um, we've called up uh, Kevin Radar from the practice squad onto the F53 man roster to account and replace Ebron. So it looks like Ebron is probably done for the season. If he needs knee surgery, that's probably him done for the rest of this year and maybe done as a stealer, given the fact that obviously his deal will run out in the summer. 
Um, Coach Tomlin obviously then turned to the three players that we were missing Sunday, the three key defensive pieces in Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt. He talked about anticipating the return to practice of these three. Um, Didn't specifically mention them returning to the team on Sunday, but just returning to practice. And he said once they return to practice, then they could evaluate um, and look at their impact and whether they'd be back to play on Sunday. Um, he was he talked about he was asked about um, the defense going forward, and he said that obviously he, he would meet with the defensive staff, um, Kyle Dunbar, Coach Butler, um, Jerry Olovsky, Terrell Austin, etc. Um, Tuesday afternoon to discuss defensive tactics, defensive play going forward. Um, Coach Tommy was then asked a really interesting question about his involvement in the play calling, particularly on offense. Um, it was asked, "Is he? You know, a lot of people recognize that Coach Tomlin is is a very defensive." coach in terms of the fact that he was a defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings and a defensive back coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before he became Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. Um, he was asked, is he involved at all in the offense and the play calling of the offense? To which Coach Tomlin responded that he was highly involved in the offense. Um, he was asked, did he suggest plays to Coach Canada um, for the offense? And he said he did more than suggest plays so it's interesting to see that coach Tomlin has a high role also now in the offensive side of the game and in calling plays for the offense uh, something that was interesting coming out of that press conference when he was asked about um, the getting the ball back after the penalty and putting in Derek Watt as a fullback and running the ball up the middle he was asked was that his play he didn't said straight away that he didn't want to attribute plays to certain people um, but he could quite easily have denied it and said, no, that's Coach Canada's play, or no, that was something the offensive team called. So there's probably a good chance that was his play, which was obviously a successful play. Um, he also insisted that he was highly involved in the defensive play calling as well, which is something that I think will benefit the Steelers. Obviously, Coach Tomlin is a fantastic coach. I know he's got his haters out there, people who talk down about Coach Tomlin, but those people just just know this. You're wrong. He he is a great coach. You know, he's been here 15 seasons. Not a losing season in there. Um, he, his record more than stacks up against the likes of Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, um, Sean Payton, etc. etc. And you know, 150 wins in and the company he keeps up there with the likes of um, George Halas, Lambeau, etc. Curly Lambeau, people like that is excellent um he was also then asked about Devin Bush obviously Devin Bush is something that's been playing on a lot of Steeler fans mind going into this weekend and obviously across the entire season and that perhaps his play hasn't been of the level that we would expect from someone like Devin Bush who we traded up to get in the first round of the draft um coach Tomlin talked about um Bush's injury probably still being on his mind and how others were affected by this injury. And, you know, the fact that a lot of NFL players who've had the same injury as Devin Bush have said that they take it takes, you know, over a year to get back properly from this, this injury. So for me, you know, that's interesting. Um, he was, uh, he was, this was one of the big phrases of the press conference. It was appreciated. Um, but expected that he came back from injury and was working his way back this season. Obviously, it's a big year for Devon next year when we'll find out whether his fifth-year option is going to be picked up. But that was an interesting response to that question. Um, he was asked about Cam Haywood. Um, and again, it, what Cam does is appreciated but expected. Um, 
Cam is so consistent, he said, on and off the field. He said that, you know, Cam was a living, breathing example of what a good player was. Um, it talked really well. He was asked about the uh, replacement for Kevin Dotson. He said we had multiple guys to choose from, and that was something they would assess um, through this week at practice. Um, personally, I'd like to see BJ Finney have a g- given a game, given that Hassan Harris is probably going to be out. Um, Joe Haig is not really a guard, so I'd like to see ha- uh, BJ Finney, who is, I think, quite a good guard. Um, if you look at what he did for the Steelers before he left in the left to go to the Seahawks and then the Bengals, um, it'd be interesting to see. Um, Mr. Finney at guard um, he was asked about the run defence um, and without giving too much away he said they've just got to play better and I think that's obviously you know that's as much as he's going to give you know you're not going to get anything out of Coach Tomlin there saying you know he's not going to throw the run defence under the bus he's not going to throw Coach T- Butler under the bus or Dunbar under the bus he's not going to throw the players under the bus you know he's going to keep it in house and yes he said they need to play better uh, but didn't go into any specifics but he's not going to go into specifics is he and give away to the bungles any tactics anything we're doing um you know, he, he talked about the coaching being a collective as well for the team, and he wasn't taking any credit. He, you know, really showing that he, he wants to think about our coaching staff as being a team. Um, he was asked about Cam Sutton um, and how Cam Sutton was playing. Cam Sutton's really stepped up this season. He said that Cam Sutton did what was appropriate, he did what was expected. Uh, it was appreciated but expected again um, you know that he, he is a senior member now of the of the cornerback of the secondary um, and is playing a vital role you know something I think you've got to consider this is not Coach Thomas' words this is mine that you know if you think about Cam Sutton if we had still got players like Hilton and we had players like Nelson and obviously we've still got Joe Hayden um, Cam Sutton would be our fourth cornerback you know and then you've even got, you know, James Pierre, who's played a lot of snaps this year. Think how far down James Pierre would be. Would he be playing the same number of snaps this year if we still had Nelson and Hilton? Probably not. So Cam Sutton and James Pierre have really stepped up well this year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they're both young players still learning the game. So pretty much that's the main points from the Coach Tomlin press conference. Obviously, this week is going to be really interesting once the Steelers get back to the UPMC uh, Rooney training complex to see whether Hayden, uh, Joe Hayden, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt return to uh, full practice and get involved with the team in terms of working towards playing on Sunday. Um, I think... You know, we need those three players back. You, you take out three keys out of any other team's defense, it's going to have a pretty bad effect on that team's ability to defend. And when you consider that TJ Watt is our main pass rush option um, and our main man to get after the quarterback, you take him out of the team, it really does severely hamper what our team can do um, in terms of getting after the quarterback. And like I mentioned on a previous pod, do you think that Herbert would have had the freedom to do what he did on Sunday Um if TJ had been playing, of course not. Uh, TJ would have been in his face, after him, all over him. And wouldn't, he wouldn't have had the freedom to be able to run as he did or even pass as he did during that game. Um, other news coming out of the Steelers, obviously, is that Ray Ray McLeod has, t- has uh, been put onto the COVID list. Um, whether or not that is that he is a close contact or he is... Um, infected and has COVID, it's not been made clear yet by the Steelers organisation. If he's just a close contact, then obviously he, he has stands a chance of playing on Sunday. If he 
has got COVID, then there's probably a good chance he will not play on Sunday. Um, personally, my personal opinion, as, as many of you know, is I'm not a big Ray Ray fan. Um, and it'll be interesting to see someone else, given the return duties, perhaps DJ or Stephen Sims or James Pierre or somebody else, given those duties to return the ball on punts and kicks. Um, let's hope, you know, obviously, let's hope Ray Ray is okay. Um, but, you know, it'd be interesting to see someone else playing in his position. Um, it would also give an opportunity for the likes of Cody White, um, maybe the Anthony Miller or Stephen Sims to step up as uh, as that as that third, uh, fourth receiver behind James Washington, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Um, <coughs> moving forward, obviously, this, this week, it'd be um, waiting for those injury reports to come out today and tomorrow to see what the situation is with the team. Um, obviously, we are quite banged up. We are quite... Um, we are quite unhealthy in certain key in certain key positions, but you tell me a season when Pittsburgh haven't had injuries and haven't had players out and key players. Think of twenty nineteen when Ben Roethlisberger was out, um, for example. You know, losing our starting quarterback last season, we lost Dupree, we lost Bush to ACL tears. You know, these every season you get key players missing. You know, other teams are missing key players as well. Um, you know, look, look at Devontae Adams was missing from the from the Packers from some for some of the games this season. And it's Aaron Jones, their running back is now missing as well. So all teams, you know, lose players injured. Um, and it's when your depth pieces then need to step up into those roles, which perhaps the Steelers depth pieces haven't done quite yet this season. Um obviously looking forward this week. Um we're looking, obviously, America looking forward to Thanksgiving on Thursday. Um, like I said, I will be putting out a pod on Thursday talking about Steelers' Thanksgiving history, which is a, a bit dark. Uh, I've had a lot of people say they're very grateful the Steelers aren't playing on Thanksgiving for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, as a Steeler fan, it won't interrupt your Thanksgiving holiday. And second reason, the Steelers don't have the best record on Thanksgiving. I think they've only won two games on Thanksgiving. Um, a bit more of that, obviously, on my Thanksgiving pod on Thursday tomorrow, obviously. Uh, I'm hoping, obviously, as well, like I said earlier in the pod, to cook a Thanksgiving meal for my family tomorrow and uh, to get them into the spirit um, of my love for Pittsburgh, the place, the state of Pennsylvania, and for the Steelers and the Penguins. Uh, <clears throat> then, obviously, the rest of the week, looking forward to talking a little bit about... Um, I've got another pod as well coming up at some point where I'll be talking about some uh, a Steeler legend who should be in the Hall of Fame and isn't. Um, and it's a disgrace that he's not, given the fact that he was part of that 70s Steeler team that was, was all-conquering and won four Super Bowls. So we're looking forward to sharing that with you. We see pre-game pods as well coming up, um, all building towards that game on Sunday against the Bengals, which we're again um, live for Sunday. Any given Sunday, anything can happen, guys. Okay, I'm going to call out a day now. Uh, thank you for listening to my podcast. Um, please feel free to uh, tweet me at Nation on Twitter. Follow me. Um, or join my Instagram page, Britsburg Owen. Or if you're on Facebook, come along and ask to join my group, Britsburg. Like I've said, it's not just for the UK. It is for the whole of Steeler Nation, wherever you are in Steeler Nation. If you're a Steelers fan, you're a friend of mine. Um, thank you again for listening. And here we go, Steelers. <laughs>